What's up, Red Letter Disciples? It's Zach Zender co-hosting the Red Letter Disciple with my good friend, Pastor Chris Johnson, who's going to be joining in a couple of minutes, and he's actually going to flip the mic on me today. I want to tell you about our newest project. Hey, our podcast, our desire, our mission is to challenge you to be a greater disciple of Jesus, no matter where you are. We believe that when all of us step up to be the great disciples of Jesus, this world's really going to change. When we become a greater truer and honestly a fresher expression of who Jesus is. We're going to show them who Jesus really is and Jesus changes lives. And so that's the goal of it. So Chris is going to be interviewing me over the past two years. My my wife and I have read, researched, studied, written, edited, designed, and and now produced and come out with uh, our newest 40-day challenge called Serving Challenge. So we've been two years into this journey of just learning about how Jesus served us. And so the book came out a few months ago. We launched Serving Challenge in 17 churches nationwide and just finished that 40-day challenge. And so I want to open it up to you, and I want to tell you what we've learned about how Jesus has served us. We're going to look at the five aspects uh, of how, how to serve like Jesus and what maybe is hard and challenging about those. But in the end, like what really, how serving Jesus, like Jesus, really does bring great fulfillment to each and every one of us. And so today's episode is brought to you by Red Letter Living. Uh, at Red Letter Living, we create resources that challenge you, everybody, to be a greater disciple of Jesus. And today's resource that we want to highlight maybe you can guess it, (laughs) is Serving Challenge. That's right. This 40-day challenge will get its readers out into the world serving Jesus like they never have before. And as we serve, as we said, we're going to find great fulfillment in this world. The challenge, it can be done as an individual, as a family, as a small group, or even as a whole church. And so everybody can find out more information about Serving Challenge at servingchallenge.com. It is available now on our website. And pastors and church leaders, just for a moment, I'd love to speak to you. If you'd like a free copy of this, you can request a free copy there because we would love, now that we've gotten the initial launch done and seen incredible results, to launch this in your church in the new year or Lenten season of 2024. You can have a powerful 40-day experience that will move your people to serve like they never have. To And, and the other thing that happens with these 40-day challenges is it'll grow your small groups. You can have all the materials done for you for six weeks, sermons and kids materials and small groups and graphics and even way more. And like how cool that as you start 2024, you've got six weeks kind of done for you already. So anyway, you can find out more at servingchallenge.com. Before we get into the final episode of the season, we're taking a break for the Christmas and New Year holiday. And so I'd love to hear from you in that interim time. Who would you like us to have on the podcast on 2024? Who are you having great conversations with or learning a lot from that our audience can be blessed by? And if, and also, if you would love, like to spread the word about what God is doing through Red Letter Disciple, we would be honored. And so is there an organization that we could partner with that would sponsor some of these podcasts? These are not, they're free to you, but they're not free to us. And so we'd love to get new partners and new sponsors, uh, whether that's for an episode, a half season or full season. We try to bring our best to you and we'd love it if you could spread the word. And so if you've got ideas on any of those guests for future seasons or potential sponsors for us at Red Letter Disciple, please email our team at hello at redletterchallenge.com. But we'd love to hear from you, our loyal listener. And last thing, the thing that every one of you can do, if you haven't already, is would you please give us a five-star rating? 
And would you give us a review on whatever platform you listen to? That would mean the world to us. Um, those reviews and ratings, uh, here's what they do. Not only do they encourage us and, hey, my love language is words of affirmation. I don't know if you knew that. So that means, like, I love reading through those. It's awesome to see what God is doing through these. But on a, on a real practical level, those reviews and those ratings not only help us get new listeners, but it helps us show up on certain lists and, and it really does spread the word so that hopefully future sponsors can see it really does make a difference. And so would love for you to do that sometime. You can press pause right now and do it. You can do it after the episode. You can do it in the middle of the season, but don't not do it. That's the thing. So just why don't you just do it now? That's better. But let's get to today's show. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Red Letter Disciple. My name is Chris Johnson. And for once, I get this place to myself really feels good. I can stretch out, you know? So I invite you to ride with me on this journey today as we get to turn the camera once again on one of the most prolific authors of our time, Zachary Zender. But seriously, Zachary, come in here. Get in here, Zach. You know, Zach, there's something about you. You, I don't understand. I've been trying to write a book for like 20 years. You kick them out every like two years. This, you're prolific. And right now, Thank Zach, you. I don't know if you know or not, but you wrote The Serving Challenge. I did? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. The Serving Challenge is a 40-day adventure to serve like Jesus that will lead you to more p- personal fulfillment than you ever thought. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what the gifts of the Spirit are. They're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Have you ever said you to yourself... You missed a couple, but go ahead. Forbearance. Uh, have you ever <laughs> said to yourself, man, I wish I had less joy in my life? No. If you did, then just don't even order this book. Don't do it. But this, if a, you, this is a book for people that want joy. The, you want more they joy. They want fulfillment. You want fulfillment. They want purpose. You want purpose. They want meaning. You want meaning. And a lot of... You know what, Zach? You were made for more than just believing and existing. You were made for just then going in a pew or sitting in a church and just walking out, not changing, being the same person. No, you, you were made to serve like Jesus, Zach. Amen. You were made to the opportunity. Is that what the author of the book says I'm on just, the back? I'm just spitballing here, okay? <laughs> the opportunity to serve like Jesus will come with a significant cost. Yeah. Look at the disciples. That yeah. was a cost. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, I love you. But here's the <laughs> You're thing. one of only a few people that call me Zachary here and there. So, um, Well, Mama Z probably Yeah, does. Mama Z. Um, but here's the thing. Like, back in the day, yeah. when the disciples were following Jesus, right? Yeah. Like, there was nothing in it for them. Mm-hmm. It was all risk. Mm-hmm. And they still followed. Right. right? So... Even today, there is risk yeah. to following Jesus. Yeah, like, absolutely. You're, you're not going to get beheaded. Probably not in America. Yeah. Right in America. Good point. Good point. But it, it will mean that at times you're going to have to sacrifice. Yeah. It does mean you're going to fail mm-hmm. at times. You're going to have to take a risk. Yeah. It's not all about just sitting in a chair and then leaving. Right. Consuming. It's not just about consuming. Right. Right. It is. It, and so... Despite all the cost, when you serve like Jesus, is what you said in the back of the book, you will find true fulfillment, joy, happiness, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, great reward. Come on. So will you become a servant of Jesus? That's what we're asking. Will you follow the way of Jesus? (sighs) Man, that is a good startup (laughs) for, ladies and gentlemen, not just Zach, 
but his lovely wife, Allison, wrote the Serving Challenge for Kids. Yeah. We've got two books right here. Zach, let's talk about it. Come on. I'm excited. But seriously, dude, like I don't I have I think I've said this before. And, you know, I joke with you all the time, but you are relentless. You are (laughs) relentless. Like we get here, we film five episodes a day. We get home. You're typing. I'm upstairs, like just decompressing. <laughs> he, the guy gets up at like five in the morning, walks his dog, does stuff. He's working in his little office. Why are you so relentless about this <laughs> stuff? Like, what is it about you that just you get up and you're like, okay, what? Yeah. How are we going to serve Jesus today? Like before we even have Casey's pizza, <laughs> which is a must for when we're doing podcasts here in Omaha. I don't know, Chris. I think there's a a positive and a negative side to that. I think God's wired me to be someone that does, to be someone that gets things done, that that tries to be as productive as I can. And in a good sense, when I'm doing it out of God's grace for me and being compelled by that grace, it's a beautiful thing. But in a bad sense, like it can be sometimes like, yeah, performance-based. Mm. And sometimes when I feel like I'm not as productive, I feel like less less of a disciple of Jesus. And I don't, I don't think that that's always the case. And so that there's, there's a wrestling there and attention of like always trying to produce and produce for God and his glory. But then there's the shadow side of, you know, do I really want God to have the glory uh, or do I just want to make sure I'm serving God, but I'm still at the center yeah. of all of that. Okay. So it's a tension and a wrestle, but I, I definitely think I've always been wired to just do stuff. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I got to make sure that I I stay in good relationship with God, that being, which I've written about, that I needed to write about for myself. Got to make sure I'm being so that when I do, it's, it's coming from a healthy place. I really liked um, the forgiving challenge because I think for a lot of us, that's yeah. one of the hardest things. And I'll be honest with you, when I saw serving challenge, um, I have not read it yet, <sighs> but I'm going to because I, I really did. And, yeah. and one of my good friends, our good friend, uh, Kevin Lang, yep. does some video work with both of us. He's actually walking a small group through Serving Challenge. And last week he was at my church, yeah. Resurrection, SanfordChurch.org. <laughs> um, and uh, he said, I got to be honest with you, when we got the Serving Challenge, I thought it was going to be oh God, here's something else I have to do. Yeah. I'm already slammed for time. Right. And then he goes, I, we read through the whole thing and it's my favorite book that Zach has ever written. Cool. And, and he came from like, he didn't have to say yeah. that. You yeah. Know? Kevin's in all the videos for all the series with me. And he's amazing. And that, those are on right now, right? Mm-hmm. Right now. Dot, right now media. Yeah. Right yep. now. Google that. Dude. And they're on our website, redletterchallenge.com for free too. So before we dive into the content, yeah. Zach, um, I, I kind of want to like pull back the curtain a little bit. And because I am also somebody who produces content, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. that listen to this produce content. And I think a lot of times people get stuck. Yeah. Um, they have ideas, but the ideas never make it to YouTube, <laughs> right? Or, right? Or they have an idea for a book and yeah. it doesn't work. We were just talking to Flame about... Yep. He wrote his first book. Yeah. And the process, you know, yeah. it took him four months to do that. And yeah. he knew he had to write so many pages each day to get it yep. done, right? Yep. So... Before we dive into that, how do you bring a project from an idea yeah. in your head to an actual physical viable product um, with a completion date? And, right. And, and, I think a lot, I, I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. I've had so many ideas <laughs> and they are still like, 
you know, outlines yeah. and they have not been completed. So walk yeah. us through that. Zach. Yeah. I'm an idea guy too. And so I think it's for me, I have lots of stuff in the head, lots of ideas, <laughs> yeah. but for me, I, once it's starting to become real is, is the first time I put it like on paper and whether that's a physical paper or whether that's like on a computer, like that for me is when an idea starts to become more than an idea. And, and there's a, there's a pattern behind it. So I've actually done this for serving challenge. I brought it with me here. So I write, uh, it's like a football map. And so every, you know, to get a touchdown, Iowa Hawkeyes wouldn't know this on offense. <laughs> they would need to go a hundred yards. Yeah. They usually go 20. <laughs> and so from start to finish, what do every 10 yards look like? And I put dates on it and I know what I need. I, this is our fourth 40 day challenge. So I kind of know what goes into it and how much time it ought to take. You should so, put this in the show notes. This is, yeah, we will. This. You got to see this. this we really will. Good. But that, that helps keep me on, on pace. So this was a two year project for us. And the map here is about 12 months worth. Uh, the first six months is usually research and reading and and just trying to get the the idea in my head um, in, into some sort of an outline on paper so I at least know where I'm going. But once I have that, it's probably about a 12-month march for us to get it into a, a book. And so for me, though, that that's a huge part of it is how do you bring an idea from uh, something in your head to completion? And, and it's really practically... There are steps you can take to do it, and so sometimes we're stuck just because we don't we don't have it written out, don't have the 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 plan. So I'll actually put in the show notes too. I've I've got a blog I wrote, um, seven tips to help you write your first book. That's awesome. And so that that for me is what I, is my process that I lay out, and it's actually got a picture of a football map. I think of forgiving challenge, the one I used for that. And I just honestly, you can see how worn this piece of paper is. Yeah. I carry it with me everywhere uh, that I go. It's in my backpack all the time. I can I can check mark certain things. So let me and go I just through stay, this true to it yeah so the very first thing you had the very first step you're you know you want to write the serving challenge yeah. and i notice here the very first thing you said is read or research 20 books right talk what it what are you talking you read 20 books yeah and what did you pick like how did you yeah so uh, books on the topic uh okay. and so i've got them written on the back ones that i read and i don't know that i got quite to 20 but probably 15 or so and then also it, it Outside of that, there's so many great podcasts to listen to and sermons to listen to. And so for me, I want to make sure I've got my own opinions and ideas, certainly. But I also want to make sure I'm not just it's this isn't just the opinion of Zach. Yeah, sure. In, you know, 200 some pages. But this is obviously founded on Jesus. And then through the arc of a lot of different reading and ideas that it's vetted um, and, and, and really has some quality to it. But absolutely, and before writing, I think you know, that research is such a huge piece. So you do your research, you yeah. know, you're talking about serving, yeah. you're seeing what other people are talking about serving. Yeah. And then it says you come up with this controlling idea. Yeah. So talk, walk me through that. And, that, that and that's the thing that can be toughest. This is where pastors and content creators have a little bit of an advantage on everybody else mm -hmm. is like we write uh, sermons or we write, you know, something. And, and I don't think every sermon series <laughs> ought to be turned into a book, oh, but yeah. there might be one sermon series you preach every two or three years. Like, man, God was in that. Yeah. And there was something more. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have that advantage as pastors and content creators that we don't all the time need to start from scratch. That's the controlling. I, what, what is the controlling? Another word would be theme. What's the theme that we're trying to figure out? And, and that can be the hardest piece that I don't think you can rush 
But once you have it, you know you have it. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I would argue that each of my 40-day challenges have two controlling ideas. Okay. The one theme that in in all of them, and and also in my wife's books too, the one one controlling theme is the answer is we're going to look to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's always the controlling theme. But there's a second one that I want to get to in each one. And so for Red Letter Challenge, it's how do I follow Jesus? What are the five targets? For Being Challenge, it's how do I grow in my relationship with God? These are the five habits of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Forgiving Challenge, it's it's how do I receive freedom? It's these five phases that we see in the life of Jesus. How he offers forgiveness. And so for Serving Challenge, that was the big thing that I, I struggled with for a while, mm. if I'm real with you. Uh, the second controlling idea or theme took me a really long time. I, I knew I wanted to look to Jesus, but I didn't know where to find it exactly mm. and and how I would not just find it, but then make it memorable because that's mm. a huge part of it. And that's where, you know me, I love acronyms, alliteration, things yeah. like that. And I just couldn't, I couldn't place it for a while. And And it's not that it was the first time I've read this passage, don't get me wrong, but maybe the 10th time I looked at this same passage of Philippians 2, 5 through 11. And for whatever reason, the 10th time I looked at it as could this be it, all of a sudden I started to see see that theme in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. And and once I had that, cool, now we can march through and I, and I know exactly what it takes. I know for me what word count I need to hit every day if I, as I'm in my writing phase. I try to write 1,000 to 1,200 words a day, which for me is about a day's devotion. Just get it on paper. It's going to change a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And there's multiple rounds of editing and, and everything that else goes into it. Um, but that, that's really the, the key, though, is you can't really rush the controlling idea or theme. And, and this one took a little longer than the other ones. So what is find. the controlling idea then? So the theme here, obviously, the one is we're going to look to Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, but the other is w- is finding um, through Jesus the servant. Uh, one of the things I try to do is find what 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 are five themes or five things that we mm-hmm. see, and so that's where I I saw that come out of Philippians two five through eleven. Okay, uh, so this forty day challenge kind of follows yep. the um, well. Let's 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 it, rewind for a second. Yeah, why did you feel? that you had to write because i feel like most christians know they have to serve right right but then i was just talking about this with my people at resurrection because we're a pretty new church right and now they're all on fire and they want to do something right and and so now as a pastor you're thinking oh what do we do you know i could go clean a road but uh, i mean it doesn't feel like it, it god we need to take care of creation but um and so trying to figure out where to serve is tough Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to motivate people to do it. Because I feel like people will give money before they give their time. Yep. Um, So walk me through this. Why the need to write this? Yeah. And we had Brian Fickard on the podcast not long ago that says, yeah, especially North Americans uh, definitely tend to throw um, dollars at things before they would their own time yep. through their own service. And so uh, two, I would say there's an individual and a collective answer. And, and we try to write our materials so that it hits every individual, but then collectively can help the church as well. So I would say on the individual level, why the need for serving challenge? Uh, because I really believe that if you look at the world we're experiencing right now, you hear words like anxiety, uh, depression, loneliness, burnout, exhaustion, worry. All these are at like all-time highs. And so clearly, whatever we've been chasing hasn't led to good results. Mm. And I think we've lived in a world that's pretty much serve me (laughs) um, rather than serve others. And so uh, 
I'm trying to help people see that real fulfillment doesn't happen by just chasing after the normal or chasing after, in, in our case, the American dream. I'm not saying there's there, there are some good elements to it, but if you live it out to its fullest, you, you can still be just as empty, if not emptier, when you reach the top. Yeah. And so, and even psychology teaches, and G, and Jesus as well. Uh, G, psychology steals this from Jesus that the most fulfillment we'll have in this world, um, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs at the very top. It used to be self-actualization needs, which is like when you reach your highest potential, psychology taught that you'll never experience more fulfillment than that. Uh, they added like two decades later, one to the very top called transcendence needs, which is when you who have achieved your highest potential actually help somebody else achieve theirs, mm -hmm. that that's the most fulfilling thing you can do in this world. Yeah. So selflessness. Yeah. And so service is, I really believe the key to fulfillment, serving others. And so that's the individual answer. And then on the church side of things, uh, why the need for serving challenge, man, we, since COVID we're, we're in a volunteer crisis, volunteer shortage, like we've never seen before. And, and what is volunteering other I mean, it, it's serving. And so we need serving inside the church and we need serving outside the church. And so that's the collective need for it for pastors is like, I want my church to be full of servants and volunteers because yeah. we're on an important mission. And so if we can help individuals see that they'll find fulfillment in this and they get tethered to the church, which is God's mission, uh, which is going to help the church, like it's a win for everybody. And by the way, the community and those that uh, are in need of help and service, they win too. And so it's a win for everybody when we serve. That's interesting because I, you brought something up and I've seen this sometimes. So we were in the habit, um, especially in my church doing a lot of service, right? Yeah. And then it just stops at COVID. Right. And then people started watching yep. online, got out of the weekly service to yeah. the church, to the other people. And so now it's almost like we're kind of dragging people back into yeah. it to a certain degree and churches need volunteers. And I feel like sometimes where churches err is that they're really good at finding volunteers for church purposes, yep. but they're not so good yeah. at finding churches to serve outside. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, yeah. uh, does this 40 day challenge, you said it kind of, it, it follows the patterns of others when it comes to looking uh, to Jesus for the overall yep. answer. You yep. stated that, Yep. but then you said there's five ways um, to help readers and those who go through yeah. or organize or remember it. Yeah. And so you were talking about uh, specifically Philippians 2, yeah. 5 through 11. Unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So this is where we're going to look to G to me, Philippians 2, 5 to 11 is like the central passage to talk about Jesus as the servant. Mm -hmm. And so uh, let me just read those verses because they're so yeah. important to the overarching theme of this. And, and, and in this, we found five, uh, words we call it the five aspects uh, to serve like Jesus okay. in this, and so I'll read the verses, but I'll also stop and give you the five. Also, keep in mind that Zach loves alliteration, <laughs> and there is alliteration in this. Yeah, I'll stop and I'll give you the five, and then we can go back into any of the five to talk about if you want. Okay. So Philippians two five says, "In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus." Uh, some translations use the word attitude. And so the okay. first time or the first one I, I picked was attitude, that it starts with our mindset, starts with our attitude. Mm -hmm. and we see that in Christ. So verse six, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality 
equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Mm. And so what did he do? He made himself nothing. He came down into this world. And, 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 and really, the greatest rescue mission, which, of course, leads to the cross and the tomb, doesn't start if God doesn't make himself available. Right. So that's the second word is he made himself available yeah, to us. Yeah, if he's just hanging out in heaven, none of yeah. this happens. Right? Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Right. So he made himself available. How did he do that? The verse continues. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. So he took action after mm-hmm. action. That's the third one. Action mm-hmm. after action after action. Uh, humbled himself. Then it says, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so in this one, I used the word ability. Because uh, I talk about in serving that we want to serve like Jesus and for Jesus and with Jesus, but we will never be Jesus. Only Jesus needed to die on a cross for the sins of this world. That's his unique ability. Okay. He and he alone can forgive us of our sins, but each of us then have ability. So ability is okay. the fourth word. Okay. And then everything flips. So we've got, if you look at the arc of Philippians 2, 5, starts in the attitude, but then it's descending, 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 descending. And then everything flips in verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. And so those three verses, uh, I use the word ambition. This is the end ambition. This is what uh, obviously God through Jesus was striving for. And when we're doing it in a healthy way, that's our end. That's our ambition that at the end, all of it would be about Jesus and he'd get all the glory. Okay. So uh, after hearing that attitude makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You got to I mean, if you don't want to serve, if you yeah. drag your feet, you're not going to do it. Right. right. Um, availability, of course, you know, and that's one of the things I talk about all the time. Our people are young families and they're yeah. always so busy, yeah. you know, so availability is tough. Uh, action, of course, that makes sense. But ability is one that strikes yeah. me a little bit. Like out of all the five that you say, ability is one where, okay, we're going to go um, rehab a kitchen. Sure. Right? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know how to use power tools, yeah. so I'm out. You yeah. Know? Or uh, that's interesting because you talked about um, like Jesus has the ability to do yep. it, and so we look at him. But then also, is this more of like a gifted thing? Yeah. Unpack the ability for me. Yeah, but I, I want to first go back to availability, quick, real okay. quick, because one of the things I say in the book is no matter what your ability. Um, God will work more through the available than the able. Oh, so okay. if, if we're never available, <laughs> yeah. even, we can be the most able person in the world, but if we're never available and in this hurried, frantic world we live in, like, I think that's a lot of the problem. It I is. think a lot of us, we have the right attitude or mindset or intent. We, we want to serve. We just don't have the time or the margin or the, sp- or feel like we have the space. We even have the ambition. But yeah. I like, think a lot yeah. of times we just don't have this, like the literal physical margin and space. Yeah which I think, by the way, is a lie <laughs> based on how we use a lot of our time. I think Fair. it's a priority of time issue more than anything. <laughs> so I, I do want to preface that I, I, availability, if, if we're never available, then it doesn't even matter if you find out how able you are. Um, but here's the, the magic. And when it magic's not the right word, when the spirit is completely working, uh, we can't make God move, but we can make room for God and his Holy Spirit to move is when we make ourselves available and are using the unique ability that God put inside of us. That's when I believe we can make the biggest difference in this world. So I want to kind of, so there was a few years ago, a big hurricane hit Florida, right? And our buddy passed away, Paul Hoyer. And uh, we got together a bunch of us 
I had never chainsawed in my life, you know, but yeah. where there's trees knocked down all over. So Paul's showing me how to chainsaw yeah. chainsaw. And there's, there's like eight guys and we're all chainsawing these huge hundred year old oak trees. And it's about three o'clock and it's a hot Florida summer. We are dogging it. And this lady from our church pulls up and she pulls out like sandwiches and lemonade mm -hmm. and like completely boosts our spirit. Right. She knew that she didn't have the ability because she's 80 <laughs> years old to chainsaw. Yeah. But she was she made herself available yeah. and basically allowed us like that motivated us so much that we kept chainsawing. Yeah. You know, if she wouldn't have showed up. Sure. But she said, I'm available. I can, I and I'm have, able, I'm, I'm able, able to do this and I'm, I'm doing it. But it's funny because when, as soon as we put the call out, people are like, well, I can't do that. I can't right. do that. I can't right. do that. But this lady was like, I can't do that, but I can serve in another way. Yeah. And that was beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not ever that, that we, you know, shouldn't ever serve if it doesn't line up perfectly with our ability. Like, I think there's sometimes we just do what, what God tells us to do and what's in front of us. But, yeah. I, but it absolutely, you asked earlier, does this come back to our, our gifting or mm -hmm. how we're gifted? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's vitally important that each of us knows how each of us are gifted. And even in the church, we talk a lot about spiritual gifts. There's multiple verses in the, in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 12, especially, that talk about the church as a body, and each of us has a part in that, and we need all of the parts in order for the body to work. Mm -hmm. uh, but sadly, most people don't know how they're gifted. Right. And, and so... Is the, that part of this challenge? Yeah, actually, we, we, I don't even know if you know this, but we actually created our own spiritual gift test as, a, as that, a result actually. of this. Is that online? You can go to spiritualgifts.me. You you have that website. Yeah. Wow. Spiritualgifts.me. Spiritualgifts.me. The dot me is like um I, I thought it was, oh, that's cool. But it's actually just because it's from the nation of Montenegro or something oh, yeah. like that. That's um, <laughs> Zach's home country. So I anyway, I learned that. That's interesting. Yeah. But but what I found is shout out to Montenegro. <laughs> all our listeners there. Montenegro. Uh, but what I found out when I was looking at a lot of the spiritual, because I've done a lot of spiritual gift tests, but when I, I did like five, six or seven of them in a row online, and they're all asking the very same questions, and it hasn't been updated for 25 years, Yeah, even though our world's changed so a lot. So you found out that you have the gift of exorcism, and then you moved on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I kept some of the questions, tweaked some of them, but then also added some new ones that actually... Care, uh, are you know that would include like things like production and technology uh, into this new spiritual gift test, so that hopefully we're matching a little bit more of the gifts that churches actually need. Mm. And so, spiritual gifts me, but that's a piece of it. Is I, I, we want people to know how they're gifted because a, a church is meant not just for the pastor to do all the work. Agreed. But pastors primarily are there to equip the saints to equip the people to do the work. Now the pastor has got to do his own work in that as well, but, but, but he's there to equip. Uh, she's there to equip their congregation. And so we have to be able to do that. And, and we have to know how one another's gifted. Sure. Because any church and, and a lot of churches are like this and, and the percentages may be lower in the volunteer shortage, but it's typically about, about 20% of the people will do 80% of the work. Oh Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it's usually that way with giving. Either about twenty percent of the giving, well, eighty percent of the giving comes from twenty percent of the people. Yeah, and and an eighty twenty church is not what God intended. the The perfect church is a church where everybody is using their gifts because yeah. every gift is needed. 
person has doesn't have every gift, but every person has a gift. And so we need to help people discover their ability again, so that they're 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 using their availability with their ability and really giving God room to move. Again, not saying we never have to work outside of our gifts. I've been on yeah, a hurricane disaster relief trip mm-hmm. and it's handy stuff and that's not me. Right. And yet I figure out a place and a role there and we have fun and it's, it's here's great. Here's a great comforter. Though, you know? like that's the, <laughs> all right. So Zach, you've been at this for, according yeah. to this uh, football chart, right around two years. Yeah. Um, and why did it take you so much longer than flame? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so what's one or two major things that you've learned that you otherwise may have missed if you didn't pause yeah. to write on a topic like this, like I'm sure when you came out of seminary, you didn't say to yourself, yep. I am going to write a book on serving. <laughs> yeah. I think when I look to Jesus, there's, there's two things that I'm, that, that I, I probably would have just, that I know about, but I would have just kept moving on or mm-hmm. not putting much thought into that. When I did put a lot of thought into it, I thought, man, that's even more powerful. And, and the first is that, that word availability. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I, out of all five, I, I just was really struck that God would give up everything that he did to be available to save the world. But then also, and, and, the, and knowing what he had to go through, yeah, and knowing what he had to go through. Yeah. But then also when I looked into the gospels and into the stories, like how ha- having the weight of the world literally on his shoulders, how amazing it was that he spent so much one-on-one time with people mm-hmm. that people weren't an interruption to him. Mm-hmm. And so I was just struck by the imagery of like Jesus, his longest recorded one-on-one conversation in the scripture is with a Samaritan woman by a well, <laughs> right, which crossed right. so many cultural boundaries. Sure, sure. I was struck that it looks as if Jesus had no other reason to go through Jericho than to befriend a chief tax collector named Zacchaeus. He was a one wee person. little man. Yeah, one person, like out of his way. Uh, I was struck that as he's on a, his way to a life and death situation to heal uh, and raise actually a 12-year-old girl from the dead, that he stopped when a woman that had been bleeding for 12 years touched the hem of his garment. Who touched? He stopped everything yeah, yeah. to talk to this woman mm-hmm. and not only physically heal her, but I make the case in the book, that the deeper restoration, the deeper thing he did was he restored her value mm. by spending time with her and and by uh, clean cleansing her right. and and just reversing everything. I was struck. This is the one that was the most fascinating. That while Jesus is literally hanging on the cross, breathing his last. If ever we would have give Jesus like a do not disturb moment <laughs> and do just. Yeah just do what you need to do to make it through this. Yeah. I was struck that when someone who had previously been mocking him a few feet away, who was a thief and a criminal cried out to him that he gave him the time of day and had a conversation with him. Yep. It's like, when will Jesus not be there for you? Yeah. Right. He's got the weight of the world doing the rescue mission for the entire world, but his availability for the one, it was super con- Awesome to see, but convicting for me. I would say the only people time, are interruptions to me a lot of times. Yeah, I would say the only time he would not be there for you is when you're ripping people off in his father's temple. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that well, he even spent time with him, but it was a different sort of a different sort of lesson he was giving. But that convicts right. me uh, is okay, and I'm certainly I don't have the weight of the world or the task, the ability that Jesus had on my shoulders, and so if Jesus modeled this example for me then I've got to get into a better place mm. where 
yeah, I can have big tasks and use my ability in a big way, like through serving challenge and writing this to hopefully help a lot of people. But as I'm writing this, <laughs> what if as I'm writing this, I'm not available for anybody? I don't think that's right. And so wow. looking for little ways where people, again, I'm so task oriented sometimes, where people aren't interruptions, mm -hmm. but they are there to be served by me. And so that really opened my eyes. That was one, one other one that I think we know, but like, I just hadn't seen it stated like this. And I got to give a shout out to uh, Kyle Eidelman, who author who wrote the book one at a time that, that has a lot of the same language and feel of what I'm about to tell you. But we suffer in a world with compassion fatigue totally. because we get all this news coming at us from every, and it's like, ah, I get it. I'm exhausted. So many people are giving up on the news because it's just bad news after bad news. And at the end of it all, like, what can we really do? Right. So it, it feels yeah. helpless. It feels hopeless. It feels like even if I do stuff, I'm not going to make a dent in it. And, and so what I, what I saw in Jesus, and again, Kyle Eidelman wrote this in his book, is you'll see a word that follows this word compassion every time when it comes with Jesus. And compassion is the number one, usually emotion attributed to Jesus in the gospels. Mm. But it's, it's the word and. That Jesus had compassion and blah, blah, blah. And he healed the sick and he fed the thousands and he restored the sight. And, and so it showed me that true compassion isn't just feeling sorry for you. I feel sorry that you're an Iowa fan. <laughs> <laughs> but Thank I need you. to Thank do you. something. Right. What are you going to do? I Give me season tickets? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, but no, that would make you go further into your depression. But <laughs> no, but so the, the real test of compassion is in the end. Mm. Uh, feeling sorry is not actually being like compassionate. Like sending me a text um, after a big loss. <laughs> Obviously, a, somewhat of a made-up example, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's compassion and, compassion and. And, and if I don't have the and in my life, then I'm not really serving like Jesus. It's so interesting that you bring up compassion fatigue, because I think we are really in a cynical time, you know, where you see all these negative, like just the other day, we get, yeah. we get back from doing the podcast and I go on the, the news in, um, you know, at Zender Manor <laughs> and, and uh, right away it's the Maui fires yeah right and hundreds of people have died you yeah know? and then you click over and the debate is on the first debate's <laughs> on and they're just like killing each Getting other after it, yeah. then you go to the next one and then it's the story about child trafficking and finally i'm like okay I, i'm done can't do like this. i can't yeah like i can't i do get this. it yeah yeah I, it's exhausting yeah and it, and it, yet it's still not an excuse to not do anything ever, i know right I know. because again you look at we're in an uh, eight day of age where we definitely know way more injustices today than we knew 40, 50, 60, 100, 200 years ago, yeah. for sure. Way, 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 way more. It's sure. coming at our fingertips. But even still, what do, what do we know? 1%, if that, of the world's injustices? God has always known and seen 100% of the injustices. Mm -hmm. And yet, still, compassion and. I'm going to be available and I'm going to help you. I'm going to take care of the whole world and I'm going to take care of the one in front of me. Okay. And so it's not an excuse to not do anything. Yeah. It, 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 we ought to look at what can we do? And again, what's our ability and how can we use that for the maximum good? But if, if I'm so stalled because there's so much out there and I, cause I felt this way, I'm one person. What can I do? Or even in the fight against racism, I'm a white 40 year old mm -hmm. guy. So what can I do? And, and those questions stall us so much that yeah. 
I get why the questions are there, but it's it's not an excuse. <laughs> so it, it reminds me, it's kind of a cheesy story. Yeah. But um, my family and I are big fans of like going to the beach. My whole family yeah. likes to collect shells. And there was this book. It was like almost like a nursery rhyme at this condo that we stay at. And it was about this girl who's walking down the beach and there's like thousands yeah. of starfish on the beach. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she's picking up a starfish and she's throwing it back yep. into the ocean. You probably heard the yeah. story and she keeps walking and this person comes beside her and says, there's literally thousands of starfish on the beach. Yeah. Like, what do you, what you're doing, it doesn't matter. And she goes, it matters to that starfish I just threw back in the yeah. ocean. And that Andy Stanley says yep. something like this too, which is great. You know, he's got that huge church. Yeah. And so every Christmas, he'll brought by like a killer gift and randomly select somebody to give it to. Cool. Yeah. And and, and so somebody asked him, hey, man, why? Why, I, why don't you do that for everybody? He's like, I can't afford to do it, yeah. you know? But it mattered to that person, yeah. you know? And so we've got to get out of this mindset. Yeah. Like we have to solve every problem, yep. but focus on something that we can actually do and be the tangible hands and totally. feet of Jesus, right? And that's what we see in Jesus. And even to quote Andy Stanley in that that same scenario, do for one what you wish you could that's do for exactly. everyone, right? That's yep. what you're thinking yep. of. Do for one do what for you wish. One. Yep. And, 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 and I agree. And my I want to add to that, do for one one today like do do it every day do yeah. do one for one today mm-hmm. so what can you do for one person today uh, that's planned plan it don't not plan it and then of course be available and look for those moments and times where there may be something that pops up that you hadn't planned but hey because your your mindset and your lens is looking now to help somebody i, I can i can do that now yeah. and we see that in the life of, of jesus is that he he continually did stuff for the one. And when you do enough stuff for the one, it ends up actually making a big deal in the end. If mm-hmm. all of us were to do this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah, that's really good. And the stories that you were telling really like the, the, I didn't know that the longest conversation that Jesus had was with that woman at the well. This longest recorded. I'm no, sure he had, sure, yeah, sure, sure. but I think that's but fascinating. But there's a reason that that was in scripture, <laughs> right? You know, it, yeah. it's not coincidence that the longest yeah. documented one was with this woman, right? right? Um, okay. So you've talked a lot yeah. about the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is we're not available. The problem is we might not be able all these things. So you wrote this book. We are able. We just don't know how we're able. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, so what do you hope happens through this two-year process <laughs> of building these two books? What is the end goal? Yeah. And I'd probably go back to what I said at the beginning of like, why did I write it in the, in the first place? So I have an individual answer and I have a church answer. Okay, good. Um, individually, I hope that people... Uh, experience fulfillment in serving others. Mm. Uh, they just—they don't see it as just another thing that they have to do. Yeah, because what we find is it's incredibly rewarding, incredibly fulfilling, and and, and usually purpose and meaning are just so wrapped up in it. Mm. Like, I, for I'm sure I'm not the only one. I've signed up <laughs> in the past to serve on a Saturday morning to go do what I don't know, serve road, in a soup kitchen, road cleanup, road the cleanup. One that my family jokes, whatever about. it yeah. is. Yeah, I've served. I've signed up for that. And on Friday night, I'm like, oh, I know, I know. I got to get up tomorrow and do that. I know. Oh boy, I know. And, and the then, thought of it, and is, I do. And the yeah. thought of it, yeah. It, uh, oh, I could sleep in. I could right. do X, Y, Z. And then I show up the next day, kind of even in a begrudging attitude at right. times. And I do it, and I find out, you know what? That actually felt right. That is so 
true, man. How many times have we had that? And it even yeah. happens at church sometimes. Yeah. Like you wake up and you're like, oh, I could just watch this online. Yep. But then you go and you, and what you get out of it is more than what you've yeah. ever put into and, it. And that's what's amazing is that's why I said earlier, it's a win for everybody because like you end up getting – and feeling that fulfillment. And I think that's so longing when we're only thinking of us and building our own kingdoms and me, 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 and how can I be comfortable? Uh, we're finding out that lives like that don't really f- fill us mm-hmm. with long lasting fulfillment. Right. It may be temporary hits. Uh, it, it may be, you know, moments where it, it, it makes sense and feels right, but it's not long lasting like this is. Right. And so again, individually, I hope that people would find great fulfillment I hope that those words we're experiencing a lot of anxiety, worry, depression, burnout, exhaustion that I talked about earlier. I Mm -hmm. hope all those get flipped yeah, and we then experience the other side of that, which is peace, (laughs) joy, happiness, purpose, all those things that we're really longing for. So that's the individual side. And then from the church side, I really do hope it it helps a church become uh, more what that church could be mm. because every church is filled with a number of people. And until every person is doing their part, that church won't, won't be living up to its fullest potential. And so if a number of people get, uh, get started through this, uh, they, they will find fulfillment personally, but that church will become more who it's called to be as it raises up volunteers, people that serve both inside and outside the church. We need them both to fulfill God's mission. And, and, and I really believe that's going to happen. And I've seen that, like the power of, uh, which I, again, I, 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 I re- Clayton Green was on the podcast this season. And he talked about, he came out with something and then didn't even know what he came out with and then had to reverse engineer and figure out why it worked. <laughs> and I'm kind of the same way with this, these writing, this writing is like, okay, I came out with red letter challenge and I don't even know why, but reverse engineering. Why did this work? It wasn't even something I thought of. It was just God. And I think there's something to the, the challenge itself. Mm. It's 40 days. It's try it. it, it it's it's got a, a start and an end, but it welcomes and brings people into something that they might not have done if they weren't asked or challenged. And so from the church side, yeah, I hope that as they incorporate this into their sermon series for the year, uh, that it would truly increase volunteers, which would then make that church fulfill its potential that God has for it. Awesome. Awesome. Zach, we have learned a lot today. We've learned that we need uh, the right attitude. Mm -hmm. We need to be available, that we're all able in certain ways. Maybe we're the person that- We still know how we're, a lot of us, how Well, like maybe we're the person that brings the lemonade, you know, maybe we're the cheerleader. Um, So I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know how many episodes you've heard of our podcast, but uh, at the end, we ask all of our guests to challenge our listeners. If there's one thing that they could do practically this week to challenge themselves to be greater disciples, Zach, what would you challenge- are people to do. Yeah. All right. I didn't talk about this yet in the episode, uh, but I want to talk about it now. And I was only preface, preface it before I give you the challenge that the one piece, as I looked at how Jesus served that I think is going to be the most challenging for all of us is it, Jesus served and nearly every time it did, it cost him. He lost. Mm. Uh, so we have to be, this would be my challenge. Uh, intentionally lose. <laughs> Which is super hard for me to say for the sake that somebody else wins. That is really tough because you are the most competitive person. <laughs> I was playing his son last night in ping pong <laughs> and 
a young Zender as just as competitive. Like I beat him 21, 19 in ping pong. He's like, let's go again. Let's go again. And Zach's like, you got to go to bed, buddy. You got to go to bed. But I think, and that's part of the, what I looked at with Jesus is if we're going to always look to Jesus as the model example, which we ought to do, let's pick up on some things that, that he did. And, and we find, and again, I think this is going to be the most challenging is that to truly be a servant means you're going to sacrifice it's going to cost you and you're going to lose, but it's worth it. Okay. So what's the last thing you lost at for Jesus? Oh boy. I really threw that on, at you. Put me on the no, spot No, but you're there. challenging them to do it. So you must have at some point. Absolutely. Right? And I don't know if this is the last thing, but it's the first thing that comes to mind off the cuff, but uh, projects like, and this isn't projects like this. Yeah. Uh, cost a lot of money. Yes, they do. <laughs> to produce. And, and it may or may not come back. Right. And, There's a good chance like with, as many books, it's going to take yep. years to yep. recoup what you put in. Totally. And and so that, that would, I would say is one, I would say one that I, I'm trying to do on the work side uh, is uh, a lot of times I, I'll talk and I'll have a zoom calendar and I'll talk with pastors. And there are certain times when it's like, that's going to be a great conversation because I know they're going to lock into a 40 day challenge and uh, that's going to help their church, but it's also going to help me in our business. So awesome win-win for everybody. But there are other times where there are conversations I have with people that I'm not going to get anything out of it. Right. And I want to make sure to still be available for those people that might have a question. You know, you, we, we talked earlier about this football field thing yeah. here yeah. about how to write a book from uh, front to back. Mm -hmm. I've probably had that Zoom conversation with 10 people. Oh, nice. Um, that want to write a book that are looking for help. Mm -hmm. And I just, I have it with them for right. a half hour. Right. I got a half hour. I can, I can talk. Well, it's not them. like you're charging them a uh, consultation. Fee no, or none. No, and so yeah, like yeah. little things like that. So sure. from a career side, like I always want to be available for pastors and church leaders to will, help them. Will you help me write my first? Uh, we can zoom for a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know how scalable that is. And, yeah, and maybe yeah, at some sure. point, but again, do for one, what you wish you could do for everyone. I love it. So, so what should they do, Zach? If they do more take... dishes at home too, by the I way. I saw so. that this guy is like, his hands yeah, are all I wrinkly. I don't like point. doing that. But. Hey, Zach, what should they do if they want to take this challenge? Yeah, go to servingchallenge.com. So this is going to uh, this resource is already available. Uh, we are going to be jumping into a new year here very soon, uh, 2024. And so a lot of churches, they want to lock into a 40-day challenge in the new year or the Lenten season. Two really great time periods to launch a 40 day challenge. And what if in 2024 you could start by unleashing a number, a, a number of volunteers in your church that you've never seen before? And at the same time, have a book for the individuals and small groups for the small group leaders and, and kids' materials sermons. and sermons prepared. Yeah. We try to make it as turnkey as possible. That's so, awesome. servingchallenge.com. And if, again, if there's a pastor or church leader, that once a free copy of Serving Challenge, I'll drive it over to your house. Happy to send you one. We'll oh. put the link in the show notes, and maybe Chris Johnson will drive it to your house. If you're close. in the uh, Central Florida area, I'll drive it over to your house. All right, uh, <laughs> Zachary Zender, you've really done it all. Wow. Uh, this is the segment in the uh, show where we like to hand it over to Chris Johnson, and we get a little nervous. Hey, thanks, Chris. Uh, is that what I say usually? <laughs> Uh, Is that you, how I sound? Yes. Okay, hey, all okay. right. Over to you, Chris. <laughs> uh, you've really done it all, Zach. You have. You're a father. You, uh, Gwyneth Mertes, uh award winner. What was that? Guido Merkins. Guido Merkins award winner. Uh, you uh, were. You that, led the. Uh, nobody knows. <laughs> this is the most worthless information ever. 
<laughs> Google it. Google it. Guido Merkins. All right. He won that award. It's crazy. Did you get a trophy or something? I did, actually. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, you led the once every four years youth gathering in front of thousands yeah. of people. I mean, you have amazing blonde hair. Thank you, you created this podcast. You've flown to Africa for mission trips. And to be fair, at some time, Zach, I have to admit it, I've been a bit harsh to you. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, um, Thank I've, you. I've made, that means a lot. I've made fun of your 37 television remotes that never work. <laughs> I've made fun of your dog that got away today chasing a rabbit and almost made us late to this podcast. Mm. And lastly, I've poked fun multiple times at your Traeger, which is feeling dark, like a which is which is just a high end easy bake oven. So listen, from the bottom of my heart, Zach, I repent. It sounds like you do. But let's be honest, that Traeger ain't cheap. I Googled it (laughs) and I saw that it costs around a thousand dollars. And I did the math. That's about 20 serving books. <laughs> wow, we really raised our prices. <laughs> so I have a game for you, Zach. This game that I've custom written for you is called Is the Traeger or the item I'm about to list more expensive? Is the Traeger or the item I'm about to list more expensive? Okay. Okay? Yeah. Let's start with 10,000 red composting earthworms from unclejimswormfarm.com. This is a real website where you can buy earthworms and they are sent to you so i put in your address thousand i put in your address here in nebraska and i said what is it going to cost for me to buy ten thousand red composting earthworms wow my question to you is your traeger worth more or less than ten thousand red i mean in my eyes it's worth a lot more so ten thousand worms so a thousand dollars would be ten cents a worm plus you got shipping on top of it Yep, I did the shipping too. Just I'm going to say that 10,000 composting worms, I could be way off. I think it's more. Okay, I'm going to lock you in. Yeah, Uh, going more. The worms with shipping, 10,000 worms from Uncle Jim's (laughs) wormfarm.com cost $845. Wow. Traeger is more. Your Traeger is worth more. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's good. So then I so went to one. I went to mainlobsternow.com. Mainlobsternow.com. See how I'm trying to get sponsors? Can you imagine <laughs> if Uncle Jim's Worm Farm picks us up? <laughs> that would be amazing. So uh mainlobsternow.com. So I put in your address. Okay. And I put in 40 live one pound main lobsters with shipping. So one pound, that's gonna be 40 is gonna be more because I think those are like 30 to 40 bucks a pound okay. typically. Okay. I put it in and I actually used your credit card and I hit send. So tomorrow we have <laughs> 40 one pound lobsters coming. The cost $919. Wow. Your Traeger's Traeger more than that. More. All right, Zach. I think <sighs> this one might be a little bit easier. Oh, for two. Uh, a first generation iPhone new in the box and has not been opened. Are you asking that price for today? Today. Oh, today it's way more. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're yeah. like 50 grand. Yeah. So it just My so- son, Nathan. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. It just like, sold. That's a great investment. It just sold on an auction last week for $63,000. Yeah. Think about that. That, that was not that. I mean, I know that long ago that that came out and it's already escalated to that. But you would have. It had- makes me think of when the Vision Pro comes out next year. 
the like, virtual reality headset. It? Like just buy it, it and, and keep it in the box. For, but then, like, but then if it doesn't become a thing, then you waste a lot of money. I mean, it is a gamble, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's like ah, the Apple products that come out that feels like maybe a good investment i wonder if the same it probably wouldn't be the same with like the first apple watch like right if you would have done that or the first ipad but yeah. the first iphone sixty three thousand dollars should have never opened mine actually i never had that one. final question you are one for three if you uh get this correct i am going to sign a couple of serving challenge books all right here we go the cheapest season ticket for alabama football for this year the cheapest per game or like the whole season? No, you bought the whole season. The whole season. The whole season. The cheapest. What is worth more? The cheapest season ticket yeah. in the nosebleed area for Alabama or your trigger? Okay. So there's what, seven or eight games maybe? Yeah, I think it's eight. Yeah. So that'll be about 125 a ticket. I would say Alabama football is pretty doggone rock solid i think those prices are high so i'm gonna what would you guess what would you guess cheapest season ticket for alabama 200 no but i'm saying for the season oh that would be what 15 1600 1600 on the dime really yep you are correct you're two for four that's the best you've ever done in a game i'm gonna 50 percent. i intentionally lost so that you would win (laughs) if this was high school you'd still fail all right guys thanks for joining us for the red letter disciple thank you zach for spending some time with us today And thank you for wearing the exact same shirt I have on. From all of us here at Red Letter Disciple, God bless. And we'll see you on the next episode. Yep. I'm sure you could, I'm hopeful at least, you could tell from the interview, like, it's been so fun to study servant Jesus. Like, I always love studying about Jesus, but when I can hone in on something for the better part, of two years, like you just start seeing things that otherwise you you wouldn't have seen. And so it's been so amazing. I've been more motivated than ever to serve like Jesus. And I know I don't always do it perfectly, but man, the more I look at him and how he served me, I'm grateful. And I want to serve him with the rest of my life. And so, hey, if you want to connect with me, uh, this resource, our podcast, check out the show notes, redletterpodcast.com. You'll see the links there for the materials we talked about, Serving Challenge and Serving Challenge Kids. Uh, You can just click on redletterpodcast.com in the latest episode with me and all of that's there. It's been such a great season, really amazing episodes. We, We spent in season five, four weeks talking about Gen Z and how to disciple them. We welcomed our first returning guest, Flame, onto the show with his new book, Extra Nose. We learned about how video games might actually be an opportunity for us to like, I don't know, grow disciples and even how barbecue and church to go together as well as so much more. So I'd love to know, like, what was your favorite episode? You can let us know on Apple Podcasts or Spotify in the review section. Just let us know. If you think it's worthy, give us five stars and let us know which episode really spoke to you. And that way, when we come back for season six, we're going to pick right back up where we left off and show up on your feed if you subscribe and you follow. So make sure you're doing those things. Speaking of season six, it's coming. It's coming, but it'll be a little bit. We're going to get through Christmas and the New Year season, and then we'll record 10 to 12 new episodes that are likely going to be hitting in late January or early February of next year. So let me be one of the first to tell you, if you're listening in real time, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2024. God bless you. A Huda Media Production.